someone's stolen the rest of the bloody music. Oh, grief. Hello and welcome to Paris, France, where for no reason at all I have come to record episode K of the A to Z of Doctor Who. My name is Ian Martin and I am, honestly, in Paris. Anyway, let's crack on. K. K9. Tom Baker disagreed that man's best friend was a robotic dog when the idea of K9 was first mooted. Baker's own suggestion, a robotic, full-scale model of Soho's Coach and Horses public house, complete with real beer and an android version of Geoffrey Bernard, sat in the corner, was, however, poo-pooed by cost-conscious BBC mandarins. And a dog it was. K9 couldn't do much, was helpless when presented with even the smallest step or any terrain less easy to negotiate than the floor of Studio 3, and he couldn't even talk without the help of a mildly pompous voice actor stationed on the corner of the set, but at least he didn't do little metallic shits all over the floor of the console room. A fan favourite, he keeps being written out, then brought back in a new body, a bit like the Master, but with a a natty tartan collar instead of evil schemes to conquer the universe. There are currently 19 versions of K-9 knocking around the universe somewhere, with various ex-companions, doing medium-strength calculations, firing little red laser bolts, and interfering with the television cameras. Chameleon From The Secret Diary of John Nathan Turner aged 31 and three quarters. For the story The King's Demons, I commissioned a fully operational mannequin, which could be programmed to look like absolutely anybody. It was designed by a freelance electronic engineer from Kent, Alan Barker. Because of all the designers I spoke to, only Barker said it was doable. When he brought the robot into my office, I admired Chameleon's sleek and futuristic design. Make it look like the pop star Mark Ormond from Soft Cell, I instructed him, and then absolutely do not disturb us for half an hour. Barker said the robot couldn't actually be made to resemble other people, but rather we'd need to rely upon visual effects, and I hit the roof. He'd saddled our show with a total turkey, but I suspected I'd find a way to slip it in. I popped out for seven swift pints at the nearby BBC pub, The Cock and Bull, before returning to my office to find Anthony Ainley inside, shouting at the robot and demanding to know how much money he made on the US convention circuit. The only circuit that works, I laughed, pointing at Chameleon. It's a totally lifeless, immobile and rather useless dummy. That never stopped Waterhouse cleaning up at conventions... Three grand an appearance, I've heard, Ainley snapped, before stalking out to play cricket in his wig. Candyman, the... The creation of the Candyman and his insertion into Graham Curry's season 25 script, The Happiness Patrol, was a rather serendipitous coincidence after designer Nicky Bock... Punky Plink, completely misunderstood a gruff bellow which emanated from within the office of the show's producer, John Nathan Turner, to get me a big man I can suck. Bearing a passing resemblance to Bertie Bassett led to Austin Candyman becoming somewhat typecast, struggling to find jobs after his time in Doctor Who, jobs which didn't feature confectionery or murder. He did, however, appear in a few episodes of Midsummer Murders and was always a popular guest in Countdown's Dictionary Corner.
His personal life was also far from smooth, with three divorces and an arrest for soliciting in 1996. Always popular on the convention circuit, with the Andrew Cartmel era of the show being reappraised and the possibility of working with Big Finish on the horizon, Austin Candyman's life was finally beginning to turn around when he sadly succumbed to illness and passed away on the Beth Ward of St Mungo's Nursing Home in November 2016. Keeper of Traken Anthony Ainley's first appearance in a wig in Doctor Who saw him play Tremas, father of Nyssa, played by Sarah Sutton, in what was also her Doctor Who debut. My mate John Baker really fancies Nyssa, but I digress. This is one of the first stories I can remember watching as a child, and I must have been bored stupid because this is not one for kids. Like uh, the Reboss operation, it's a script for the adult audience to enjoy. There's a good set and a dull but well-written script to be enjoyed here in this tale of mumbling, lavish sets and the resurrection of a certain skeletal, emaciated Time Lord. Tremas gets taken over by the evil master in this story, so if you haven't seen it and you're worried about spoilers, tough tits. Keeper of Tranmere, the... The current keeper at Tranmere Rovers is Jürgen Frott, who has played in this position since 2013, after leaving FC Kuhlenburg. He's not too shabby either. Kill the Moon. What a load of old cock. No, no, that's just being mean, and I'd revisit this moon-based spider-rich episode if I could be bothered. The thing is, I'm having a hard time getting on board with Peter Capaldi's Doctor, or... Peter Capaldi's Doctor Who, to be honest. It's not him, he's ace. I just think it's the writing, perhaps, or just something in the show, the way it's being pitched now, that doesn't speak to me the way things did when Matt Smith was the Doctor. Do you know what I mean? I mean, it's just so much better then, the Doctor and Amy and Rory and River. Oh, what a time to be alive. Since then, it's just sort of gone off the boil a bit, right? Or is it just me? Hey, come back, come back! Crotons, the Of all the less likely monsters created to supplant the Daleks in the popular consciousness, these unwieldy and lugubrious metal bastards fell down on two counts. Firstly, they were patently rubbish, and secondly, they were based on a popular Bavarian butt plug, much in use in the swinging 60s. <laughs> 